Have you ever just been so angry? That's what we're gonna talk about in this episode of College on Fleek, how to deal with anger. So if you know someone who struggles with anger, you might wanna share this with them. Hey, it's time to stop procrastinating, get your S2G, and crush it in college. I'm Mary Dittman, this is College on Fleek. winning business professor on the collegiate level and the creator of Wonderful Life and College on Fleek. There's really a lot going on in the world right now and I think a lot of people feel angry and sometimes that can be really overwhelming especially when you're in college. Many times you don't have the tools in your toolbox yet to know how to deal with anger. That's what we're going to talk about today but first let's take a motivation minute. One of my favorite authors is Damon John, and you may know him as the People's Shark on Shark Tank. He's also the founder and creator of FUBU Apparel, and he's a New York Times bestselling author, and I love his books. I think I've read almost all of them except for one. I've listened to him when he's a guest on podcasts, and he has his own podcast that was to promote his most recent book, and it was 10 episodes, fantastic. If you go in the podcast app and search for Damon John, you'll find his podcast. But he shared a post on social media recently that really struck me, and I think it's true. His post said, you don't get what you want, you get what you work for. And I think that is so true. Many times you get the message growing up that, if you want something, it'll happen, or if you really want something bad enough, it'll come true, or if you were raised in the church, you've heard like I heard growing up, well, God will grant you the desires of your heart. And while you do need to want something, because that's part of being motivated, you're not gonna be motivated to do something you don't want, but wanting isn't enough. It's the action that you have to take you're going to get what you work for in life. Now, the good news is if you want something, you're more likely to work for it. But just sitting around and daydreaming and wanting something isn't gonna be enough. So the importance of motivation is being clear on what you want, making sure that you want it, not that your parents want it or your friends. You want something in your life and then taking action to achieve it. In every episode, we also like to give you a success hack or a study hack. Now, for the mother of all study hacks, go to collegeonfleek.com and get the Study Smart Toolkit. That's the three-step system I created. When I was in college, I had terrible test anxiety. There was more than one occasion where I turned in exams with only my name on them. And I had studied, but I would get really anxious and I would start to blank out. So I created the Study Smart Toolkit for myself. When I started teaching, I started teaching it to my students one-on-one, -on -one. but over the years, as I've trained thousands of students with this technique, it works. It worked for me, but then I was able to see that it works for everybody else too. So go to collegeonfleek.com, it's free. We're gonna email it to you. It's like a video tutorial. It's just me sitting down with you one-on-one -on -one and showing you how to study. It works for any class, any major, any university. Even if you have friends who are still in high school, it works for high school students. 
maybe you've got an older cousin or sibling who's in graduate school, it works for them too. And it's available to anybody. Just go to collegeonfleek.com. The success hack I want to share with you is maybe you've heard the saying, leaders are readers. And when you look at successful people, both now and in the past, they are people who read. And I am not talking about reading a text message or somebody's Instagram post. I'm talking about reading things of value, primarily books. Okay, so what types of books should you read? I primarily read books about leadership, health, business and professional development. Um, I'll read books frequently on how to use social media for business, new technology, because I am engaged in business and I also teach business, so I need to be current. I'm not a big reader of fiction. Now, I've heard some of my mentors say, don't only just read business books. You should also be reading fiction to kind of nourish your soul. Some people really love to read historical books or autobiographies. That's not necessarily my jam. I don't have anything against it. I just really enjoy reading books on business and professional development and on health. But read something that is an area that appeals to you. What I do is I read for 30 minutes a day. I like to read in the morning, that way I've got it done. And I'll just set the timer on my phone for 30 minutes. I might read on my phone, but I always make sure I don't switch off my uh, reading app. And I'll sometimes just keep a little notepad handy because frequently I read something and I think, oh, I, I need to take action on that. So I'll just jot it down. But start reading. All right, let's talk about anger. Recently, one of my students asked me, how can I deal with anger? I'm really having a lot of anger issues and I'm taking it out on people and I feel like I'm just lashing out. And I think that depending on when you're watching this, at the time that I'm filming this, there seems to be a real climate of anger in the United States. And I think that that's for a lot of reasons. I think politically people are angry, socially people are angry, but also we have a lot of influence in the media that we consume. And I don't just mean the news, but when you look at a lot of reality television shows, the only way that people tune in is if there's anger and drama and hate and then, you know, a Twitter feud and snarky comments on Instagram and, you know, back and forth and, you know, throwing people under the bus. And there really seems to be a market, if you will, for anger. And in a second, we're going to talk about how anger is not necessarily a bad thing, but I want to address what my student had said, which was it was bothering him that he was angry and he could see that he was taking it out on people and he had a very short fuse and, and he was not okay with it. So it's not that someone else was saying to him, you need to deal with your anger, man. He was saying, I'm angry. I don't know what my problem is and this isn't working for me. Now, I did ask him some questions right up front. I said, well, are you angry about something that has happened? He said, no, like I'm, nothing has happened that I'm angry about. I did go a little bit deeper and I said, now, is this like a long-term anger you've been carrying? And I said, you know, cause look, if like 
I think he's 19. I said, if you've been mad at your dad for the last 10 years, you know, is, is that kind of what's going on? And he was like, no, like, I don't have any kind of drama like in my family, you know, nothing like that. I'm like, okay. You know, because sometimes if you've got something that you've been carrying for a long time, it can start to well up if you haven't dealt with it. But he said, no. He said, I don't, I don't know. He said, I don't know what I'm angry about. Now, another student volunteered that she had learned in a psychology class that anger is a secondary emotion. And I see where that's coming from. I agree to a certain point. One of the spiritual texts that I like to refer to is A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles says there are only two emotions, love and fear. We could make the argument that anger is a secondary emotion because either I'm angry because I'm really afraid of something, or I could also be angry because I love something. In other words, uh, if somebody tried to hurt my niece, I love her very much and I would be angry, be out of my love for her. So I get the whole thing about anger being a secondary emotion. And sometimes it is worthwhile to dig a little deeper for your anger and say, am I angry because I'm really afraid of something? Sometimes maybe we're angry when someone disrespects us because we're afraid that we're not being respected. On the other hand, we might be angry when someone disrespects us because we love ourselves enough to not be okay with that. But back to my student, he said, no, there's really nothing going, like, I don't know, I'm just angry. I'm just pissed off all the time. I don't, li I don't like it. It's a problem. So maybe you find yourself in this situation. So here's the fix. Number one thing that will help you deal with anger or any other problem emotion is sleep. And I asked him because he had said earlier in the semester that he wasn't sleeping enough. And the reason he wasn't sleeping was because he was up hanging with his friends, you know, watching Netflix, doing stuff, playing video games. So he was not getting enough sleep. He was getting maybe three or four hours of sleep. And that is not enough when you're in college. I know that's what you might get, but at your age, you generally need seven to nine hours of sleep every night. He wasn't getting anywhere near that. Well, when you're not getting enough sleep, you're not able to regulate any of your emotions and you might find yourself being more emotional. In other words, like your emotions are taking over, meaning you have a lot of anxiety perhaps, or you are very emotional in terms of maybe you're really sensitive and you cry easily or you're offended easily. It could come out in the form of anger. It could be depression. Any of these troubling emotions can come up as a consequence of not getting enough sleep. When you're not getting enough sleep, your body starts pumping out stress hormones. And when your body is cranked up on stress hormones, you're not gonna feel good. So that was the first thing I recommended to him was, if you wanna get a, a hold on this anger, you have got to make sleep a priority. The second thing, five minutes a day of breathing or meditation. In one of my classes this semester, I, I'm gonna say I'd make them meditate. That sounds horrible, because if you meditate, you would know that you don't force people to meditate. But I call it five minutes of breathing. And so we sit there, we close our eyes, 
the class requested a little bit of music, so I have like a little Zen music going for five minutes, just sit there and breathe. And at the beginning of the semester, the class was like, oh, this is stupid, I don't wanna do this, it's dumb. Now at the end of the semester, one day I said, well, we're not gonna do our breathing today because we had a guest speaker, and they were like, oh, well, no, we have to do our breathing. And now they wanna do 10 minutes of breathing. And I said to him, I said, I'm telling you five minutes a day, you know, they're with me once a week in this class. So I said, so you're doing five minutes of breathing once a week, but if you did five minutes every day, and he said, well, maybe that would help because I do feel better after we do our breathing in class. Well, yeah, because what tells your body to get out of fight or flight. See, when you're not getting enough sleep, your body is switched into fight or flight. And that means you're gonna be anxious, you're jacked up. Now, a lot of times we don't realize that because we're used to it. That's just the norm. But when you're jacked up like that, of course you're gonna be fight or flight, think about it. Fight, anger, flight, fear. So there's nothing positive there in fight or flight unless you really need to fight or flee for your life. Now. The only thing that tells your body that it's safe and to switch out of fight or flight and into rest and digest, you can't do that consciously. And you know if you've ever tried, if you've ever been like, okay, calm down, calm down, calm, I need to calm down. You can't, you're just stressing yourself out more. The only way that science has proven to help you get out of fight or flight is the extending the length of your exhale. And so if you just did for five minutes, inhale to the count of three, exhale to the count of five, set the timer on your phone, close your eyes, inhale for three, exhale for five, five minutes of that a day, preferably in the morning, you're gonna to start to see a difference. One of my students last year was a graduating senior, and I'm gonna tell you something, she was a go-getter, senior RA, she worked um, on campus at our, uh, Student Success Center. She was doing two internships plus a full load of classes. She started doing five minutes of breathing a day in the morning and she told me, she said, I feel so much more focused and less overwhelmed. So five minutes of, of breathing or meditation, it will, it switches your brain chemistry. I made the comment a minute ago that anger can be a good thing. Anger in itself is really just an indicator on your dashboard. When you feel angry, that is your emotions telling you something isn't right. Now you might be angry because let's say you've been disrespected and it's actually good if you're angry when you've been disrespected because that tells you that you have enough self-esteem to say, wait a minute, I'm not gonna be treated like that. Or if someone close to you is hurt by another person, you would legitimately feel angry about that. And that would be healthy. I mean, if somebody close to you was, let's say, beaten up, if you just didn't feel anything, like you just thought like, oh, okay, well, I guess it sucks to be you, that, that wouldn't be right. So anger is an indicator light on your dashboard. When you're angry, that's the time for you to go, okay, wait a minute, what, what's going on? Why am I angry? Now the problem isn't when you feel anger. The problem is what you do with it. Many times at your age, you don't have the brain development or the emotional development yet to know what to do with anger. The older you get, you learn to push the pause button. 
and just take a breath. And when you feel that anger to go, okay, wait a minute, before I say anything. Because what you learn is that when you react out of anger, sometimes you just make the problem worse. And I've done that, maybe you have too, where I remember one time with one of my colleagues at the university, um, he made a comment about um, needing me to maybe take over classes for the rest of the semester for a colleague who was sick. And this was right on the heels of me finishing a huge event at the university. I was also teaching a full load of classes and I mean, I just unloaded on him because I was angry and tired. And then later <laughs> I had to go back and apologize to him for the way that I had spoken to him. And he was very gracious and he said, well, it, it didn't bother me. I said, well, it bothered me. One of the things that you learn as you mature is to stop that anger before it gets to your mouth and think before you speak. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll never address anger or that you won't say something that needs to be said. Sometimes the most loving response is to address what has made you angry, but it's also in how you do it. So your goal isn't to get rid of, well, I'm never gonna feel angry ever again. No, that's not healthy. But the healthy response is to deal with your anger and be able to control it and manage it rather than it controlling you. Also, remember, if you are dealing with anger that is maybe ingrained for a long time, maybe you're coming out of a situation um, growing up that has caused anger for you, even if it's something going on in your life right now and you're, you're having a hard time managing your emotions, please check out the counseling center at your university. All universities have counseling available for students. It is free and it is confidential. And I highly recommend checking out your counseling center at your university. And you know what? I'm gonna give you a little extra bonus. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm gonna give you a little extra bonus. One of the things that I learned about when you're angry with someone is now this is if you're not a spiritual person this might offend you and this might be, not be for you but whether or not you're a spiritual person i'm going to show you how to work this what was taught to me was uh let's say if i'm angry at one of my colleagues what i've been taught to do is pray for that person's happiness for five minutes a day every day for 30 days okay now that's tough because you don't want them to be happy now, if, if prayer is not something that appeals to you, then I'm gonna say it like this. I want you to think for five minutes a day, every day for 30 days. You think, may they be happy, may they be blessed, may they be loved. That's it, may they be happy, may they be blessed, may, may they be loved for five minutes a day for 30 days. One of two things will happen at the end of 30 days. Number one, they'll change. Number two, you won't be mad anymore. I've seen this work for myself, and I don't really believe that the other person necessarily changes. I think what happens is when we are willing to do that for five minutes a day for 30 days to think good thoughts for that person, I believe what happens is we change, and on a very subtle level, they pick up on it, and then they are able to respond to us in a different way. So if you think that that's something you want to try, I encourage you to try it. It may not appeal to you. But that's something that has legit worked for me. Well, listen, College on Fleek is a dialogue, not a monologue. And I want to hear from you. 
what are you struggling with? Or let's even go back to our motivation minute and I'd like to know what, what do you think? Do you get what you want or do you get what you work for? So put that in the comments and let us know what you think. And you can always connect with us at collegeonfleek.com. And join us next week when we're going to talk about a huge mistake that college women are making right now. So join us next week right here on College on Fleek.